0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, July third edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. And today I'm joined by my uh, very special special guest here. Oh my gosh, John Hyunco! I'm so excited to have you on. Came and talk, John. Man, how's it going? Uh, I wanting to get you on for a while. I know you're in the chat sometimes. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about you as well? Because um, I think maybe some of my uh, you know viewers don't know a lot about you. Mm,
1: um, man, I'm I'm originally from uh korea but uh and i mean i'm living in korea now i've been out here for probably like 16 16 years now but i did grow up in the states so that's why some people get confused when they hear me speak they're like why that guy he doesn't have an accent you know the reason why is that you know i grew up in the states but uh yeah i've been started covering mma i think around 2014 out here uh for some some uh regional uh sites like asia asia mma and and the fight nation And those sites really are not really going right now. But, uh, you know, and moved on to other sites in North America, Australia, and uh, just continued it and and then started Kumite TV interviewing fighters and been going strong for about three years now and uh, just grinding away, man, like most people and trying to find a spot in this MMA media space that uh, everybody's trying to, you know, climb up, I guess.
0: Yeah, everyone's trying to climb up. You're right. I'm still trying to climb up, I man. I've been doing this for ten years, so I mean, it's a it's a grind. That's exactly the word I use when I talk to people. But I'm like, this is just a grind. But I love it, man. I know you love it too, John. I always see you doing uh, like interviews with the fighters, uh, bre- uh, breaking down fights, analyzing fights, uh, news. I know you were at uh, UFC Busan last year, if I'm not mistaken. Was that your first one covering it live? For UFC no, UFC?
1: my first UFC was UFC Seoul. So they that would be would be Kim it was uh uh Henderson Masvidal
0: Henderson Masvidal oh yeah Benson Henderson yeah 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 yeah, yeah those a close fights I think Benson won right by split Probably. yeah
1: yeah it was uh one of the typical Benson Henderson fights you know what I mean but uh yep. but yeah that was the first one that I went to the one in Shenzhen I got to watch uh Zhang Wei Lee uh finish uh Andrade. in the first round. I was cage side for that. That was insane. You know, that's like historic moment in, yeah. in MMA history. And I was there. So that was pretty cool. And then then I went to uh, the one in Puzan too. I covered it last December. That was awesome. kind of
0: fun. Awesome, man. So like, what's your goal in the business, man? Because like, you're one of those guys that I've, I've seen for a while now. And like, I see your work a lot and people I think really respect you now. So like, what's your goal in this business?
1: well oh, i'm glad that people respect me you know what i mean but hey uh that's what that's one level of it right is getting some respect for uh what you're doing and and that's great uh, i guess uh hopefully i earned it for you know a lot of people that are you know following the sport and, and watch what i do um my goal is to you know like everybody else is to uh find a, a spot man and and just continue with it i think i feel like when you cover the sport there's no age limit for it you know what i mean you could be 10 years old or you could be 110 and and even with covering it you could be 80 years old and doing it and that's what i want to do i want to be like 70 years old and and still be kicking strong you know and covering Uh, the sport that's the dream you know
0: yeah so is this your full-time thing right now or do you do something else on the side or
1: no this is not full-time at all um this is the part-time part-time but i spend so much time on it i do have another job i i do like freelance uh teaching on the side and stuff like that, which allows me to spend as much time and focus on this aspect and and grind on it so much. That's why uh, I think I'm able to produce so much content is because I have a job that, that I could kind of work on, work at, at night and then do this in the morning and during the day. And yeah. uh, yeah, And, and, and I just been going, man, and just going and going I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna stop.
0: <laughs> don't stop, man. Keep going. It's just like you said. It's a grind, but you enjoy it, right? So keep going. All right, let's get into today's uh, topic. So there's a lot to talk about today. A bunch of fight announcements, some news, but biggest news of the day, obviously, woke up this morning. Very, very sad, terrible news here. Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov, the father of Habib Nurmagomedov, the UFC lightweight champion, passes away due to complications from COVID-19. Really sad stuff here. Obviously, you know, our condolences here from me and John and from everyone at maoddsbreaker.com. Just terrible news. Uh, A lot of respect, obviously, for Abdul-Nanap. You see all the support coming in from fighters, fans, media this morning. The guy was well-respected around the space, so extremely sad news. I don't think Khabib's commented yet. I obviously expect him to say something today on his social media. Uh, John, just devastating news, man. We talked a little bit off-air before we started just about COVID-19, the the effects it had on, on humankind, quite frankly. No one's immune to this thing. Uh, when you see a guy like this, only fifty-seven years old—really not that old, you know. Looked a bit older than fifty-seven. I was surprised when I saw he was fifty-seven. John, my my dad's also fifty-seven. He still ha- he just still doesn't have fully gray hair like Abdul Nemat. But uh, man, I was so sad when I saw this. Like poor guy, um, Habib. You know, jeez. Like this has got to be tough for him. We'll talk about Habib and you know the G fight if that's even going to go on at this point. But I just want to get your thoughts on Abulna- Abulna- Abdul Abdul Nemat and just uh, his death and what his his legacy is to the sport in Tabib. Be...
1: First is he, you know, it just it just hits you hard because you're fully invested in this sport and he's one of the the you know one of the grandfathers you can say of the sport because he, he he created this monster in Khabib that we watched and we we you know we appreciate so much. And he's the champion right now, the reigning champion and probably could be the greatest fighter of all time when it's all said and done. And and his father was a big part of that. And now he's gone. And the COVID aspect of it is like, this is kind of the norm now. People are going to get COVID. And you've seen fighters uh, now like coming out and saying that I have it. I, I tested positive and I got to quarantine myself. But I don't feel like the, the athletes are at that big of a risk. It's the people around the athletes. You know what I mean? The people that are older you know, the people, I feel like that age range, like from the fifties to sixties to seventies, that's, that's the, the riskiest age to, you know, contract the, 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 virus. And, uh, and his, his father just, uh, was unlucky, man. I feel like it was just unlucky. Cause it's not like they don't have the, the medical attention and all that stuff. You know, he, you know, he's very well off. So I'm pretty sure he could have flew him to any hospital he wanted. It's just that, he was just unlucky with the with the virus and 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 it led to his death it's very sad you know i mean it, it it can affect you in many different ways and we're going to talk about it right now and how it's going to affect khabib but um yeah man it sucks really bad
0: okay so i just want to talk one more thing about uh his father here i, I see the article here by dennis Geiko. i think he's the one who broke the news this morning great journalist out of russia always breaking news i i think you know him personally right i believe you've probably seen him in one of these events but uh from a phone no,
1: no. I, I just know of him though for it's a while I've been knowing, knows, yeah, a
0: yeah, of those him. grinders out there in russia so he got the news this morning um i'm just reading the article here from rt.com uh, it says nap he had a source that told him this uh, i'm assuming it's a family member but abdulanap suffered two strokes in his heart a heart attack and a stroke in the brain he managed to treat his heart not his brain he didn't emerge from the coma situation was too serious it was already too late the doctors did everything they could they even tried to connect him with president putin but the condition was too serious so i mean this guy was getting the best care like you said uh just really sad it just it's scary man honestly like you're right like as far as the world goes man like what normal is going forward normal is going to be very very much different uh, i feel like social interactions are going to be very different you know going forward i feel like you know the handshake is something that It's something that is ingrained in in society, but I feel like that's something that could go away as the years go on, John. Like, people are not going to want to be so uh, willing to put their hand out and and say, hi, how are you? Because you don't really know this person's been. So it's scary, man. It really is freaky. But like you said, uh, it's going to have more than just effects on, uh, unfortunately, Habib and all these other fighters. Now, uh, I I see Dennis actually just tweeted that. He says, this just in, teammates, Umar Nurmagomedov and Tagir Ulab, Ulan Bekoff have both canceled their departure to fight Island following news of Dulanab's death, unclear if they'll make it or UFC abuse. Those guys are both supposed to fight file in both Khabib uh, teammates, I guess, I, I think with Marge's cousin. I mean, I doubt they're going to fight. Now the question is, is Khabib going to fight Justin Gaethje in September? That's the rumored date, September 22nd, I think, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, I think it's going to be in Abu Dhabi if I had to guess. That um, was never, like, official by any means, but I know that Kambache, I think, reported that, like, last month i don't know man john it seems pretty soon two months from now i don't see that fight happening now you'll probably if i had to guess see Gagey defend the interim title instead in the meantime i can't see a beat fighting in september man i don't think he'll fight for the rest of the year what do you think
1: yeah i don't see him fighting in september i don't see him fighting like you said i agree with you totally yeah. the rest of the year he's going to be gone we're not going to see or hear from him from until 2021 i i believe uh and, 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 you know, it's rightfully so. You know, I mean, he's dealing with tragedy in his life. You got to let him, you know, be him and let him be with his family and, and leave him alone, man. Just let him do what he needs to do. Yeah. Um, but it but this opens the door wide open, right? Wide open for who?
0: Yeah. For Conor. Dude, I was just going to say the same thing. As crazy as it sounds, was the guy who would actually vacate the title, I think, you know, because, he, you know what, family reasons, I'm going to vacate my belt. And who would say that, that that's a mistake? Everyone will respect that decision. So I think there's a chance that could happen. And then you could see Connor slide in and fight Gaethje for the, for the actually not just the interim belt, but the, the new title. I'm not saying abuse definitely going to vacate the belt, but I feel like, you know, he's already talked about retirement, John. He said, I think two more fights, right? He wanted to fight with Gaethje. And then I, I guess the Connor rematch was the plan or maybe GSP. I know they've talked about that fight obviously many times. I do think you're right, John. I think Connor probably slides in here now it's crazy what a crazy sport this is i every day changes something crazy happens and fights change and news changes you know this is a speculation for me and john we have no idea what habib's going to do but i think it's fair to say he won't fight before the end of the year and i think it's fair to say that i'm sure he's highly considering just vacating the belt right now and just to be with his family because you know if you're habib your father just died from Mm covid19 do you really want to be traveling internationally and putting yourself and your, the rest of your family at risk, John, I just don't see that happening. He's already rich too, by the way. I mean, Habib, the article came out, I don't know if you saw that from Forbes, he made $16.5 million last year. So, like, he doesn't really even need mm-hmm. the money right now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy money. And, like, yeah, it's, like, if his paranoia level was anywhere, the paranoia level of every other fighter, Yeah. now it's a 100 times you know, worse, his paranoia level of, uh, of uh, you know, contracting the virus now. So I I doubt he's going to go anywhere, you know, outside his country and, and risk that because he's got kids. He's got a family. He's got probably his mom, his un- aunts and uncles. They're all probably up, up in age also. So, uh, yeah, I don't see it happening. And, and you know, like, like you said, he could vacate it. The reason why is maybe he just doesn't want to deal with the UFC. He doesn't want to deal with the media. He doesn't want to deal with anything now and just says, hey, and, and I'm I'm pretty sure the UFC will, you know, they'll, you know, comply with him and say, hey, you know, do what you need to do, of course. And, uh, you yeah. know, when you want to come back, you can come back and fight whoever you want to fight. If you come back and yeah. going back to the, you know, the door being wide open and it, it's only one person that's going to walk through it. And it's Conor, man. And and it is man, it is crazy. The twists and turns this year. Well, oh,
0: it's crazy. Every day is different. You know, I wake up thinking, OK, this fight's going to happen tomorrow and then some other fights happening. I just saw a Glenn uh, Glenn Cruz from MMA Fighting he just tweeted that Anderson DeSantos Santos tested positive. He's supposed to fight on Fi Island Car 2. He just tested positive. He's supposed to fight Jack Shore. We're going to talk about that fight later on. That fight's not happening now. Um, The good I thing.
1: Interviewed is, Jack Shore.
0: <laughs> did really wow well. they just he just tested positive, dude.
1: Exactly. The
0: good, the good thing is though that they caught it. They caught it before he went to Fire Island. Mm-hmm. So the testing, I guess, is working um in a way like listen people are gonna test positive like Dana White talked about like you look at every other sport sports I'm not sure like how familiar are with like um North American sports like MLB and NFL and, and NBA NHL there's a lot of players now testing positive you know they're testing everyone these sports are coming back um KBO I think that's like the big sport over there for all mistaken uh yeah do they test guys like on the regular has there been any positive tests there for the baseball league
1: I haven't seen anything in the news, but I do follow some of the stuff cause I do have the ESPN app. So, you know, you get all the sports, even though you don't follow it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw something in like when they had the, the quarantine bubble in, in Orlando and, yeah. and they had all the, like, what was the MLS players? They all yeah. caught tested positive too. And they were all quarantined, which was kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's just, it's just popping up all over the place, man. It's just, you can't escape it. It's going to happen. And, yeah. uh, yeah, and it, you just saw Angla in song. He just tested positive, and he. Yeah, really, I,
0: I saw something about him this morning. I didn't read it though. I was too busy with the Habib thing. But wow,
1: that's. Yeah, too- he tested positive oh. yesterday, and uh, and he released it on social media. He trains at uh, at Sanford MMA with Gilbert Burns, with Henry oh. Hoof, with all those guys in there. I oh. wonder if that you know, because I know Gilbert Burns is already in Vegas getting tested, so. I wonder if that will have an impact on his results man We're like this next 24 hours we will figure out if if gilbert burns will test positive that could be a possibility i'm not you know i don't want to jinx anything but that could be a possibility because he's
0: for sure that's speculation but imagine that mm-hmm. happens as all steps in to <laughs> fight for the belt I'm one week's call the sport dude, it's crazy but i love it though i love the craziness man that's mm-hmm. what makes you addicted to it you know um <laughs> yeah it's just it's really unfortunate though about all these positive tests and obviously like i said the Habib's father passing away, just really sad. Um, quickly, uh, Brendan Schaub, gotta okay, mention him too. And a lot of people don't like Brendan Schaub, but he tested positive too. There were some rumors out there this week saying that you know he didn't do a show or whatever. And this is a guy that I think openly mocked the coronavirus on his podcast yeah. and basically said like this isn't real or something like this is not as severe as people are making out to be. Then he tested positive. Um, that's almost like Rudy Gobert in the NBA. He was the guy saying the was rubbing the microphone with his hand, saying, "Oh, there's no such." Yeah. And then he tested positive the next day and the NBA basically shut down after that. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, even though like I'm not the biggest like Shaub Homer by any means, he's actually a decent guy. I've met him in person, uh, UFC 165 when he uh, fought Matt Mitro. So I I had interviewed him then and he was cool. So it's obviously upsetting to hear that. But uh, I I think from what he said, he doesn't really feel much. So that's the crazy thing about this, though, because it's like a lot of people are asymptomatic, right? Like, who knows? Maybe I have it. Maybe you do too, John. I haven't got tested. I felt I felt good. That's why I haven't got tested. But who knows? I like maybe maybe we do have it. We really have no idea. It's like a silent disease. It's really scary. It's freaking scary, man. Honestly, like uh, I, I try take all the precautions I can, but you know, I still want to live a, a somewhat normal life. But it's like life has changed so much. Uh, to me, this is like you know, this has been a really crappy summer. Like it's just been, you know, every day. Like I said, it's just completely up in the air and you really have no idea. Now, let's get some comments here. CIA ran to how's it going, Good morning. Luck of the Irish. Rest in peace, Habib's dad. True warrior, I'm Irish. Let Habib rest. I don't want to see an emotional cage we I cried to be lost. I'd correct you. Yeah, he won't be fighting this year. There's no way. Like there are fighters that have fought after their family members have passed away. I remember Jake Shields fought Jake Ellenberger like 2011. Yeah.
1: That he wasn't
0: fought. good. Dude it was and he got knocked out in brutal fashion. Like a week after his dad died and everyone was like why do you fight? But, you know, uh, I think his name is Jack Shields, if I'm not mistaken. And, and his father uh, obviously meant a lot to him. But it's crazy, right? Like, as a fan, you know, like, fans are harsh on this sport, man. A guy, your, your dad or mom could die and people would be like, you should be fighting right now. Like, my grandma died last year. and I was I was still devastated, man. Like, it, it, it's, it carries with, stays with you a long time, John. It doesn't just go away, you know, especially for Habib and the bond you have with your father, right? Like, they were close. It's not like they were, you know, separated. They were, like, together all the time. They probably live together. I'm not 100% sure about that, If I had to guess. I'm guessing Habib has some huge house in Russia, you know? Aint deserves it, John. Uh, you know, as far as that $16.5 million, he deserves every penny. You know, these guys all deserve to be paid more money, but I don't want to do fire pay right now because I talk about it. every podcast I get really upset <laughs> about it. Let's get to uh, some other comments here. Eddie D, nice burger, gets gifted another title shot. Dude, it's very possible. Very, very possible. Shay ran too. Connor Justin would be a banger. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a dream fight. Having said that, I really want to see this Gagey Habib fight at some point. Uh, I was actually thinking about John. To be honest, I think Gagey's got a really good chance to win if the fight happens, just based on the style of matchup. But the, the Connor fight, that would be a great fight too. two strikers going at it. I kind of favor uh, Justin Gagey there too, based on his last performance. The way he systematically disrupted Tony Ferguson, that was ridiculous. He looked so good. So any brief thoughts on that possible matchup between Connor and Justin?
1: Yeah, I, I think Justin goes in as the favorite, no doubt. You know, what I mean, he's he's hit another gear. He's hit another level in his skills that we are just starting to see, and we haven't even seen the peak of it yet. And maybe we'll be able to see it against McGregor, and he'll destroy McGregor. You know, what I mean, like he just looks, he just looks so crisp on his feet, and, and his hands are just so so fast. You know, what I mean, like I don't know. It it seems like Justin just has more tools on the feet, which is crazy to say compared to what Conor has. Cause Conor has that that laser left hand, but then he has the kicks too. But it just that's pretty much it, you know what I mean? He has an uppercut, but I don't know. Gaethje, it's like if we, if he does take on McGregor, I feel like he'll show more of his striking in that matchup. And uh, right. yeah, I, I I like him in that
0: fight a lot. Yeah, just the overall package of Justin Gaethje, like the the kicks, the elbows, the knees, the punches. Like Connor's mostly just punches. He does have the kicks. He obviously knocked out Cerrone with the head kick, but. Gaethje's got the wrestling, too. He's always got that extra wrestling in his tool bag. He never uses it, John. doesn't have to. I think he's learned a lot from those fights with Poirier and Alvarez. And by the way, those are two really close fights that he lost by knockout, but they were both amazing fights. I think he fights differently now. He's a lot smarter when he fights. He's a lot more technical. Um, the last fight, obviously, beating Tony Ferguson the way he did, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he enters that fight as a favorite if it does happen. CIA ran, too. Khabib was lucky to have such a legend of a father. 100%, man. And, you know, honestly, when you hear this kind of thing, I just want to go hug my own dad. You know what I mean? It's just, like, life's so short, dude, seriously. My dad's the same age as Abdulmanap, so it, it just it scares me, dude. Like, uh, my dad goes to work every day, right? And, like, it always worries me, John, that he might get it from some idiot who, you know, is sick and doesn't tell anyone. It's really – it freaks me out sometimes. Said Mutafate. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Thank you to Abdulmanap, uh, Abdulmanap, for raising your son the way you did. Rest in peace, brother. Nice message there. Amora Osasur, Abdulmanap, may you rest in peace. Johnny Bones, Johnny Boney Bones. Will that affect, will the loss affect Habib's performance? I mean, for sure. And Saeed says, Johnny, when my dad died, it sucks your soul away for a long time. And Siri Green agrees. It affects the sport, and he's right. And as far as, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer, I think. 100% it's going to affect him. Like Habib, I will say this. Habib's a very mentally strong guy. Not, not to mention physically strong, John, but mentally I think he's a very strong individual. But there are some things that are just, anyone will be affected by it. And I think his father passing away clearly will, because they had such a tight bond and such a close relationship. So I'm I'm assuming you feel the same way about that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he is mentally at another level too, but mm. this can crush any, any person. You could be the most mentally strong person in the world, but you lose somebody close to you. It's going to affect you deep inside, man. And, and it might last for, like you said, you know, it could last for years.
0: Yeah, no, it could for sure. If anyone wants to throw any last last commenter, well, an app, throw him in there. But uh, I do want to move on to some other news here. So um, let's get to Colby Covington. He's back in the news this week. Uh, he did an interview with BJ Penn, Kinch over there at BJ Penn, so that's pretty good. Check it out if you can. Uh, he wants hurry Mazdal still, man. I still feel like this fight makes a lot of sense too. You know, both guys don't have fights right now. I'd like to see Colby in the cage tune. There's so much bad blood between these guys. You know, a lot of people were saying Colby versus Woodley. I don't know about that fight. I, I think it was would have been a good fight like last year. I don't know anymore because after Woodley's last two performances, I, I'm not really buying him as a legitimate contender anymore. I think Covington would destroy Woodley if they fight. I feel like Covington versus Mazadal is a much more competitive fight at this point. Having said that, as much as I w- I'd like to see that fight, I don't know if Mazdal bites on him. And I think he's going to probably wait a little bit longer, maybe get a slightly better contract and uh, take on the winner of Usman and Burns. You know, I love what Maswell is doing as far as holding out and, and kind of being that guy saying, you know what, I want to get paid more and all the fighters deserve to get paid more. But unfortunately, John, is a very selfish sport. And as soon as he did that, Gilbert Burns is like, I'll take the spot. There's always someone behind you that's going to take the spot. So, you know, unless these guys unionize, you're going to see that in the future too. Anyways, as far as Maswell goes, it seems like he's, uh, you know, saying he's been saying in media interviews lately that, He's like, uh, he's going to return again this year. So I feel like almost he's had second thoughts about this saying, you know what? I probably should have just taken that contract they offered me, even though it's, I'm not sticking to my guns just because the truth is John. The nature of the sport is the fighters are going to always be underpaid unless they unionize. And uh, unfortunately it's basically whatever the UFC offers you have to take. So give me your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. I I like this fight. I think, uh, you know, the bad blood part draws me in more than anything. You know they're ranked close to each other. Um, actually, uh, Masvidal has been sitting out longer than Colby. You know, what I mean, Colby's ready to go, and, and yeah. Masvidal looks like he's been training uh, every day at uh, ATT. I'm just wondering about who Colby's training with. You don't have, you don't hear anything about that, right? Did he put a team together? Who's on his team? Who's coaching him? I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. You know, what I mean, is he even ready to fight? That's a big question. He's, yeah. he's out in the media talking all kinds of wild you know you know putting what is it what did he say uh let, winner takes all you know yeah. we've heard that in, in the sport before that's just just just, just you know they're just bows you know they're just talking trash you know what i mean it's just that's never gonna happen but yeah. uh it sounds good and uh yeah i like this fight for him next you know masvidal yeah i think he did make a mistake by you know passing up this title shot it's you know i, I remember i was talking to dan hooker and we were talking about fighters that t- passed up title shots and there's only been two in the history of the UFC, uh, Hayoki Hatsu Hayoki, when he was supposed to be yep. like the number one, yep. Yep. uh, Adamweight in the I world thought, or I featherweight was,
0: in the was, world, although back in the day, I thought he was the guy that was going to be an Aldo, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and who's gonna, yeah.
1: other- and it was Masvidal, right? Yeah, we were, we were just talking about that, and I was just like, yeah, that is pretty wild. Uh, how things could work out? Could uh, Masvidal miss his chance, you know, at being a real champion in the mm-hmm. UFC? We'll, we'll find out. But in the meantime, I would like to see him fight Colby. But I feel like the UFC, they're going to wait until uh, Burns and Usman fight. And then okay. they're going to figure out like who's next.
0: Yeah, for sure. I still feel like Maswell probably is going to be the next guy in line. I think you'll get a slightly better deal. It's just really unfortunate. I talked about this yesterday with James Lynch when I was on his show. It's so unfortunate that these guys are banding together now. like During a global pandemic where the economy is in shambles, now is not the right really the Right time to band together. I mean, they've had years to unionize. They, they've had uh, a few years ago. Remember, Bjorn Revney let that thing with like TJ Dillashaw and GSP and those guys. What happened to that, right? Like, all of a sudden that disappeared. Otherwise, Man, that was was the guy the biggest scumbag in the game? He was the guy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like they've had so many opportunities. Um, after this is over, hopefully in a year, maybe I mean, who knows a long list? Loss, I have no idea, but when it gets back to normal, I mean, that, that'd be the right time the union is. But when Jones and Mazzadol, as much as I respect what they're doing, I mean, you got to respect these guys who are sticking their guns and holding out, especially Jones, uh, you know, being the, probably the best fighter in the game. At the same time, John, I feel like he's gonna be like, okay, you don't want it, we'll move on to the next guy. And Dana White's already said that, he says that every week. He's like, I'm looking for guys who want to fight. I want guys that are hungry and they want to fight. These guys are retired. I don't really care about them. Like, the UFC chews you up and spits you out, John. They use you, you know? And you know what? You get something out of it, too. You get your career and you get your fame and you get some money. But the UFC is the one usually making out like bandits when it comes to the fighters. So, it's unfortunate Maswell didn't take the fight. It really is. I feel like, I mean, that fight was going to be amazing. But I feel like all the momentum for that fight is gone now, too, at the same time. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, after this fight next week. Uh, It's only a week away. I can't wait for that card. By the way, the card's going to be amazing. After that fight, you're right. I think they'll figure out the rest of the division, like with Woodley and uh, Covington and all these guys. So great division, though. I love it. By the way, Leon Edwards. We didn't mention him. He's got eight wins in a row. Leon Edwards is an absolute stud, and honestly, he should probably be fighting for the belt right now. But coronavirus uh, travel limitations, John. Like he, I think they did contact him about the fight before they turned Mm -hmm. over Burns. Although I'm I'm fine with Burns getting the shot. Burns is number one guy. He deserves it too but it's really unfortunate that, that uh, Maslow did turn it down because that would have been a good fight. Uh, a couple of comments here. Omoro Osas, it, it might affect Kibisa performance, but may strengthen it potentially, but again, I don't think he's in to fight for a while. And he says, today's not both performance, but his dad was in a general general and generous man, 100%, you know, me and John are trying to be respectful here, uh, talking about potential, you know, ramifications of this fight. We're, we are journalists. We got to talk about that stuff, but of course, you know, our hearts and prayers are with the Nurmagomedov family. All right, next thing I'm going to talk about, uh, Dustin Poirier. He did an interview with Ariel, and uh, just talk about the damage he's been taking in these fights, John. And uh, it was definitely eye-opening. Basically, said that, you know, he loves the sport so much. He doesn't want the sport, the love for his, the sport to kill him because of these wars he's in. It's that last fight, man. I mean, uh, you you think it's fight of the year? Would you have, still have Zhang and Joanna at number one, or do you think this has surpassed it, by the way? Mm,
1: I, I, I would, like, just off, like, brutality I would pick uh Zhang and uh and Joanna. you know what I mean but Dan Hooker versus uh Dustin Poirier was a very close second yeah. but then you got uh what was the other fight uh then you got Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson yeah, too. Right that was a brutal fight
0: yeah Dan Hooker or yeah Dan Hooker versus Paul Felder that's a that fight <laughs> yeah. was amazing too and then you also had uh Josh Emmett against yeah Shane and Josh Emmett, man, guy blew his knees. I know he's training to get better. That was a crazy fight. The only difference, that fight was only three rounds. The other fights were all five rounds. I think that it almost hurt a little bit. But yeah, I mean, Dustin Poirier, man, John, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame one day. Like you look at his resume, Dan Hooker, Max Holloway, hey. Eddie Alvarez, yeah. Justin Gaethje, Anthony Pettis, Jim Miller, and on and on. This guy's incredible, man.
1: Yeah, he is. And, and going back to what you said about the damage, if you look at his last, like, six seven eight (laughs) fights he's all it's all been wars especially the ones he's won every fight that he's won they've been wars right so it seems like if he wants to win he has to get into these wars to get to this like deep darkness down inside of him to pull it out, you know, and, and, and win the fights, you know what I mean? Cause when he loses, he, he, he gets taken out pretty like dominantly, like, yeah. like the Khabib fight or even like the Michael, yeah. Michael jo- I think that before that was the Michael Johnson fight. Right. Yep. And yep. those are the, that's the two last losses that he's had. And that was, Michael Johnson was a first round knockout and Habib he was just dominant throughout that whole fight. But yeah, it's just, yeah. Dustin Poirier, of course, first ballot hall of fame he's going to yeah. go down as a legend you know what i mean he he he's won a title even though it's an interim it's still a title and i feel i still feel like he he still has a chance to actually probably win the undisputed title if he slides in at the perfect moment you know what i mean he yeah. says that he's going to be more strategic with what he does moving forward and maybe maybe the ufc might reward him man for for all the all the wars he's been through and give him that give him that Gaethje fight if habib steps away
0: Dude, James said that yesterday in the podcast, and I, I agree with you guys, you know, I wasn't even thinking that, but yeah, I mean, Ga- Gaethje right now definitely could be fighting for the belt against someone if it could be a business fight. You could definitely see a rematch. And Dustin Poirier won the first fight. Um, I did pick Gaethje the first time, and he obviously lost, but I feel I still feel like I'd pick him again, just because he hasn't been taking damage in the last few fights. And Dustin Poirier, like you said, John, you're right, look at these fights. The, the hooker fight, obviously, we just saw it, but the Max Hallway fight was a war. Yeah. um the AC fight was a crazy war the pettis fight was nuts the jim miller fight he yeah. took a lot of damage in that fight it too. was Those leg kicks the low kicks calf kicks so man the, the guy's a stud you know i'm looking at his record in the ufc 18 5 and one no contest so that's an incredible record man for a guy who's only i think he's 31 he's 31 he's actually one year younger than me which is crazy because i remember when this guy was coming up and uh, he was in the WEC, lost to Danny Castillo in his debut. And I, I wasn't thinking much about him, but he had that force against Josh Grisby who's a terrible person, by the way. Guy, like, choked his dog out. Guy's a terrible human being. He beat him at UFC 125, went on a nice string, and I remember when he fought Holloway. But uh, he had some setbacks, like you said, to obviously Johnson and, and McGregor too. But even at Featherweight, the Jungle fight, the Swanson fight. But the guy's an absolute stud, man. Absolutely love Dustin Poirier. My, my level of respect for this guy's really gone through the roof, though. Like mm-hmm. after this last fight, and hearing what he's did with the Good Fight Foundation, man, like the guy's a great guy too. Like he's, this is the guy you want, like representing the sport. He's a, he's really a nice guy. Like I think you know he, he's helping charities. He helps people, um, you know, get food in their mouths, John. And, I mean, during a time like this, like you love that. And you know, I, I saw his salary, three hundred thousand dollars. It's low. It's really low, in my opinion. Um, this guy should be making a million bucks a fight, man, at least. Uh. People are going to say, oh, well, maybe there's money behind the scenes. There might be, but this wasn't a pay-per-view. They don't get TV revenue. It's not like an NBA where they split it half and half. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd hope the UFC slipped them some extra money for that fight. I mean, he obviously got the bonus. So he got 350 plus his Reebok money. But, John, this is a guy who should be making seven figures a fight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, his coach said, you know, his next fight, he should get a million-dollar payday, and I completely agree. Yeah, you know, and 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 I, I don't feel like the UFC is giving these bonuses in the locker room anymore. That was more of like the Fertitta brothers doing it and and rewarding the fighters. It's all run by a corporation now. Yeah. They're not doing that anymore.
0: Dude, 100 percent. People forget that. Like it was the Fertittas that were doing that. They would slip them an envelope. I remember one time I interviewed Tim Boch after he knocked out Yushinokami in Japan. And he said they slipped him a $20,000 check after the fight. Like no one knew about it. Right. So they just gave him a check. They don't do that anymore. I don't think John, Uh maybe sometimes like I know that uh, Remember Connor, we knocked out Cerrone. There was a photo taken of Dana White, but who was in that picture? Lorenzo Fertitta. And they're like, here's mm-hmm. a little extra bonus money. It wasn't the new guys from Endeavor. Those guys, they were like a corporation, like a business dude. They're not giving away money on the side. So, um, I just hope that when these fighters do band together, they get 50 50 on the revenue split for the TV money. The TV money, the UFC's getting everything. The Reebok money, they're getting more than half of it too. It's disgusting. i uh, just going to get to this comment. C.A. Rand says, choke his dog with. Josh Grisby is a terrible guy. He did put his dog dog into a rear naked choke uh, and choke <laughs> the dog out on, routinely too. Not even just once. Like he did it on the regular. Um, the guy's a terrible person, seriously. I think he might be in jail still. He might have got out though. Um, Andre says, Who do you want to see about Edwards fight next? That's a great question. It's tough because this division is just so ridiculous right now because uh basically we had, you know, we had to wait we've spent to fight for six months, which was fair after that fight with Covington. But we'll see what happens with these two. But you know, you look at the rest of those guys. Uh he still could fight Woodley, I guess. Steven Thompson the guy you could fight. Um, but you know, if you're Edwards, you have eight wins in a row, you probably want that title shot next. I think you'll probably have to fight once more. What do you think? Who's he gonna fight next?
1: Yeah, he's gonna have to fight once more and uh and I'm and I'm thinking Jorge Masvidal is rooting for Usman to win, because mm-hmm. I feel like stylistically, uh, uh, not, not Usman, he's he's uh rooting for Burns to win, because stylistically, if he wants to chase after that title and win it, yeah, Burns would be the a, a great stylistic matchup for uh, uh Jorge Masvidal, because I think Burns will will stand with him, you know what I mean, and and try to trade more than you know go to the ground, rather Usman would would not probably do that. He'd probably wrestle him like he did with Woodley, so yeah. uh. But yeah, so but if I would if I was the UFC, I would just put Edwards against Masvidal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just do it like the next Fight Island. Why not? You know what I mean? Why not? It, it could be
0: a main event. Oh, 100% would be a main event. That'd be a great fight. I'd love to see that fight. But again, you know, if they do Covington versus Masvidal, then you know, Edwards again is the odd guy out. It's like he's one of these guys that no one wants to fight cuz he's so good, but he doesn't have a huge name. He's not a huge superstar by any means, but everyone knows how good this guy is. He's super dangerous. Um Got a couple of comments here quickly. We'll get to uh, Andre says Tony's cleared to fight to train in seven days. Yeah, he'll be back soon. I think. I think Tony will turn around quick. I don't think he'll sit out that long. He had a long layoff the last time from the, the Cerrone fight until the uh the fight with Gigi, like almost a year. I think he'll want to fight again, probably September, October, if I had to guess. And uh, again, you know, actually, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's right there too, though. Like you could easily see Tony fighting once more, winning a fight, and then getting a title shot again because I think he kind of got screwed out of the one uh the last time with Habib falling out and. And then the style changing I means it's a completely different fight, John. Habib to Justin Gaethje, you're training for a grappling-heavy fight, and then you go to a pure striker in the next fight. Very tough. Amoro says, uh, let's not forget uh, Habib opened a martial arts uh, school in Dagestan for the youth and kids, or his father, I should say. That's great. Um, Marcus Williams, any news on Jeff Neal and Ryan Hall? So Jeff Neal, no. Uh, Ryan Hall, yes. We'll talk about that a little bit later because I, I got a bunch of fight announcements I want to get to. But I just want to talk about a little bit more news, and then we'll get to the fight announcements. Um Dan Hooker, obviously uh, a guy that you're well aware of, such a great fighter. You know what? This guy is so much better than I ever thought he'd be. Like, I remember when he knocked out Kiyoki, and I was like, okay, this guy's he's good. But then he had had his losses too, and you're like, okay, you know, his chin's not that good, and maybe he's not that great. Moves up to lightweight, John. Lightweight's a different guy. I mean, a (laughs) completely different fighter. And he it's how the hell did this guy make 145 <laughs> so big he's so big and strong uh i love dan hooker he's so good the last fight was amazing um the string of wins he had. i mean this is a guy who knocked out gilbert burns two years ago uh he's incredible so he's saying now he wants to fight either ferguson or uh, charles oliveira next uh imagine he has another fight with ferguson that has a third fight of the year can i mean this guy mm-hmm. he's incredible so give me your thoughts on what's next for dan hooker
1: First of all, man, Dan Hooker is one of the best guys to interview ever. He's, you know, everything he says is so well thought out, and it's almost like he's prepared for the questions that you have, and it, and I love it, man, because he just brings fire every time. But uh, going to uh, Dan Hooker and his options, he said like Olivero or uh, Ferguson. I like the Ferguson fight. You know, I mean, both of those guys are coming off losses and and coming off, you know, massive wars, and 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 I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. It'll probably happen towards the end of the year, uh, probably like November. Or whatever month Fight Island will be, I think that's when they're gonna do it. Um, Oliveira, I, l- I like him to go against Poirier. If Poirier doesn't slide in and get the title shot next, because when you take when you take Habib out of the lightweight heavy, uh lightweight division, dude, it's crazy. Like the matchups that you can have because yeah. Habib's not you know holding the title, and so you got all these guys that all these moving pieces that could fight each other at any time, and yeah. you could make matchups like you know instantly. So yeah, I like Dan Hooker to uh, take on Ferguson in like November or whatever. And then, um, you know, Oliveira take on Poirier if Poirier doesn't slide him for the title shot yeah. um, and Oliveira, another guy that oh, you yeah. thought he was dead in the water too. You know I mean? Not dead in the water, but you know, you didn't think he was going to end up doing what he's doing now. He's like eight in a row, finish eight guys and yeah. he's just killing the division and no one's giving them anything. And i in, in, in some ways it's like, you need to learn English. I always tell like Asian fighters, and you know, if you want to be big, you got to learn English. You got to be able to do media. You got to be able to do interviews. And I think part of Habib being as big as he is is because he did learn English, mm-hmm. and he, he and, and he spent that time doing that. And and there's a couple of other fighters too that that have done it throughout the years. And that's why I think Jose Aldo too. He's the reason why he's not as big is because he didn't learn English, right? So, um, but he's one of the greatest of all time, man. It just it just shows you that uh, you know there's a whole promotion side of it like media side of it that you need to be a part of to yeah. like create this push for, for you to, you know, get the big fights. And Olivera doesn't have that yet. But for us who watch the sport, we know that he should get a big fight like Poirier.
0: Oh hundred percent. I was actually looking at his like resume yesterday. It's really impressive. Charles Oliveira. Um He does have a lot of losses, like to be fair. However, most of those losses were at 145. At 155, he's just really a different guy. He's got the one loss to Paul Felder. Um, I still feel like that'd be a good rematch to make at some point. I don't think Felder would take that fight. It seems like Felder wants a big fight. And you know what? He's at the end of his road, I think, with his career, John. Uh, As much as I want to keep seeing Paul Felder fight, he's got the UFC gig now. I think you'll probably see Paul Felder fight like once or twice more. Maybe just one more time, actually. Um, I think he's got his kind of future set up. I don't see him taking this fight. He's already beat Charles Alvarez. There's a lot of downside here. Not much upside. You beat Alvarez, it's like, okay, you already beat him. So where does it go from here? I think Felder probably wants that hooker rematch. That's a fight they could do, by the way. Um, we talk about potential opponents for Dan Hooker. That's one fight. But yeah, Bronx, seven straight wins all by stoppage. I mean, this guy finishes everyone. And not only is he submitting guys, he's also knocking them out now. So he's incredible. Uh, you look at his resume, John, 29, 8, and 1. So he's got almost 40 fights. He's only 30 years old. He's played 30. (laughs) And uh, he's been in the UFC for 10 years now. 29 wins, 27 by stoppage, including 19 by submission. So he also has the most finishes by submission in UFC history. He's only 30. Hoist Gracie. Uh, it's going to be – he's going to have to bite his dust at this point because this guy, by the time he's done, he might have 20, 25 wins by submission. So he's incredible. A couple. Look comp- at
1: all the Hall of Famers right there in the Lightweight division That's right now. I've been, at the,
0: I've been looking at the, the record book lately, the UFC record book, just looking at you know most wins and stuff. There's mm-hmm. guys that like you wouldn't really say are Hall of Famers, but they could be because guys like Clay Guida, for instance, he's got like 20 wins. Like He's a guy that – I don't look at him as a Hall of Famer, but if he ends up in the top five, Neil Magny, another guy – you, Magni, might end up as the most winning Walter Way ever, more than GSP. Is he a Hall of Famer? Not on paper, but if he has the most wins in the divisions, like, how do you not keep him in there? So I'm with you, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, guys like Olvera, Jim Miller, all these guys that I think they have great resumes. They don't look like Hall of Famers, they haven't won belts. I don't know if winning a title is really what you need to anymore. I think if you have that longevity, like a Cerrone, uh, a Damian Maya, these guys to me are Hall of Famers, uh, Diego Sanchez, guys like that. Had some comments here. Kinshiro says Dan Hooker needs to lead head movement if he doesn't want CT in the future. Also lacks one eight knockout power. move to 170. I don't know about 170. It looks like he's fine at 155. He's right about the one punch knockout power lately, I guess. But he didn't knock out Gilbert Burns with one punch. I think it was a left hook, if i was mistaken. So I do think he has knockout power. Um, head movement for sure. And, and Dustin Poirier. they didn't move their heads in that fight. You know, as a fan, you love to watch it, but I was like, well, these guys are not defending at all. It's crazy. He says Dan Hooker's a tall wide guy at 70. He might be taller than even Darren Till. Until it moved to 185. Hooker could develop one, KO, uh, one hit KO power. I think he already has it, man. Like I said, the Gilbert Burns fight, but you're right. The last fight with Poirier was more about a volume striking attack. And then he says there at 155 is a beast, and he, he wants some money when he fought Kevin Lee. Good for you. Um, let's get to uh, – what was the – oh, yeah, here. Here's one from Andre. How about A not wanting to fight in a smaller cage? Can I hear your thoughts on that? Yes, you can. Um, I, I think the smaller cage definitely favors DC. Everyone's kind of said that now. Uh, just based on the fact that I think he should wrestle in this fight. If he stands and trades with Stepe, I think it's a mistake. I know he knocked him out the first time, but we saw in the last fight that Stepe, if he doesn't get KO, probably has the overall better striking attack, more varied. I think DC is going to go for takedowns. I think the smaller cage does favor him, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I, this is a crazy fight. I'll, I'll be honest. I was wrong about both the other times they fought. I picked Stepe the first time, and then I flipped my pick to DC the second time, and both lost. So. I, don't ask me about this fight, man. I'm the no wrong guy to ask. I have no idea who's going to win this fight, John. Uh, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the smaller cage, though? Because I know T.P. doesn't want he wants the big cage? I just don't. I, I don't think the UFC is going to change that for him.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like the UFC is going to change that for him either. They're going to have to fight in a small cage, and and that does really favor Cormier because he did come out and say that you know in my next fight I'm going to be wrestling, and that's the that's the game plan. He you know he said it in an interview, so that's what we need to expect. And and you know on that small cage wrestling is going to be key against uh Miochis but i think Miochis he can handle it i think he can handle the wrestling and uh be able to withstand dc uh, cuz i think he's strong enough you know what i mean i think his wrestling is decent enough his defensive wrestling to you know to stave off dc you know in, in the early attempts at least but yeah I, dc uh, uh, Stipe, him kind of like not wanting him not wanting the small cage i can understand that though at the same time right but you know they're they're not going to budge for Uh, Stipe, you know, the UFC, they like DC more than they like Stipe. Come on, let's just be real.
0: They love him, you know, he's good. I mean, Stipe, he's one of those guys that could eventually supplant Danaway as the face of the company, possibly in the future. I mean, Danaway won't do it forever. I think he'll do it as long as he can, but who knows? I mean, DC's a great guy. He's a great guy, man. He really is. I met him in person. He was awesome and a great champion for the sport and everything, but. They definitely are biased towards DC. They they definitely I think are favoring him a little bit by putting the fight in the, in the smaller cage. Having said that, it's at the apex, so that's that's what it is. It's a small cage there, and we all know that, so it's not surprising. But actually, quickly on the small cage, they got. I think they got to stick with it going forward. I think the fights are better, more, <laughs> more action, more finishes. Like, what's the downside? Yeah. What do you think?
1: Nothing. There is no downside. We we saw some of the greatest fights in the past five years know. in that apex i mean with no crowd I know. and i loved it so much because you get to hear everything i love that aspect of it yeah, being able to hear all the like strikes that hey the the end of the second round with hooker and poirier where you hear dan hooker just landing those punches just the snaps of it it was just like yeah. i don't know it's it, like if you wanted to be uh turn a person into a fan these are the events that you would l- let them watch man those are the fights you want them to watch right
0: yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Honestly, though, I, I do prefer a crowd. I, I think the sport, any sport, I think is better with the crowd. But I'm with you, man. It's definitely been different. And I think it's it's a good switch up for now. But I'm looking forward. Like, imagine that fight. And I know what you're saying. You can hear the strikes. But imagine that fight with the crowd. Like, that'd be pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Right? Uh, a couple other pieces of news here. And then we'll get some fight announcements. Uh, Al- Alistair and he's talking about making one more title run at age 40. It's quite crazy because, you know, you look at Alvering, he's still He's still one of the top guys in the game. But he is 40. He's been knocked out like 15 times, I think. I love over him He's a legend. He'll be in the hall. Another guy, Hall of Fame, not a champion, yeah. but a Hall of Famer one day. I just feel like the chin's going to always hold him back. What do you think?
1: I don't know. Like after he got knocked out by Jairzinho, you know, when I was in UFC Pusan, he yeah. was the guest fighter. And he came in, I think it was like a week later, and he had his lip all stitched up. It barely you could tell. And he was speaking coherently. Like, yeah. He's, he seems like he's 20 years old when he talks, man. He he's very articulate when he, he does interviews. Uh, you know, I don't really see the damage kind of, you know, it's kind of like the the Diego Sanchez thing, like you don't really see it. Well, I guess you see it nowadays with Diego Sanchez, but for Alistair you don't see it, like the knockouts being a huge effect in his, you know, on his brain or anything like that. So, I don't know, I love the idea that he still wants to chase the title, man. Why would you even stick around just to just to fight? Yeah. You know, he's already, you know, he's rich. He probably makes money. He probably has businesses. He's not a, you know, he's a smart guy. So um, yeah, chasing the title, we need more contenders. We need yeah. more guys with names in that division. And why not have Alistair there to kind of fight the guys, you know, be the gatekeeper. But if you win, you kind of jump outside of the gatekeeper role and, and chase after that title. That yeah. I, I like that aspect of uh, Overeem. You do.
0: And, you know, looking at the rankings of the heavyweight division right now, Alistair Overeem is ranked number seven in the world. Yarzino is ranked number six. That's the guy right above him. I think the rematch is fine. I'm okay with it if they want to do it. I know obviously is coming off a loss, Overing off a win, but he's the only guy that's available right now because you had Stepe in DC. I guess maybe if Steep loses, they could do the rematch with him too. Um Nagano, we'll get the next title shot. Also, I don't really want to see the rematch between Nagano and Overeem. I don't see that going too well for the ream Um Curtis mm-hmm. Blades is his teammate, they won't fight again. They've already fought in Blades one. Derek Lewis, uh, I have they fought? I don't think they fought. Um, yeah i
1: like that fight i like that fight
0: but derek again he's fighting Linux, and i don't know why they booked that fight like <laughs> yeah. i don't understand what they were in such a rush to do it for especially when you had blades available too blades versus lewis would have made a lot more sense in my opinion mm. then you could have did uh yeah i mean that fight makes sense also jds is out there but i think jds has a fight coming up too right
1: yeah rosen strike
0: Rosenst- oh okay he's fighting rosen strike okay well you know what I would say maybe the winner of Rosenstrike and JDS fights over him, actually. Um, J- both rematches. JDS knocked him out the first time, Rosenstrike knocked him out. Oh, hey, if Overeem wants to want to run, he's got to be one of these guys to get to that title shot. Um, but yeah, I was impressed by his last fight, man. Getting knocked down early by Wal Harris, coming back and then knocking Wal Harris out now. Yeah. Harris Actually, Wal Harris, you know, it's a great uh, kind of uh, similar in, sim- in similar ways to Habib. You look at the time he took off, he took off, I think, six months or maybe more, seven months, I guess. Um, but you saw; he even admitted, like he wasn't the same guy in the cage He had things, other things on his mind. Lyman Good, Lyman Good's father just passed away too. He fought a week later, though. Mm-hmm. I forgot to talk about him earlier. And he said after the fight, he's like, "My heart was not in the cage. My heart was with my father." So you know, these guys are in a different spot than Habib. Lyman Good probably makes like I think he makes like what like thirty and thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Habib's making millions, right? So they're in a different spot financially. These guys unfortunately have to fight. You know, even if they have personal charge, they have to fight. I think Habib's in a different spot. Last piece of news here I want to get to you quickly. Alexander Pantoja, he'll be the backup fighter for uh, Davison and Figueredo and Joseph Benavidez too. He's supposed to fight Askar Askarov on the same card. So I love the idea of having that backup fighter. I think they always should do that for title fights. Like there's been title fights in the past that we've seen canceled because they didn't have a backup and a guy missed weight. So I think it's a good idea. Pantoja is a very good fighter. He's coming off a win, I think, over Matt Schnell in his last fight. He had the fight with Figueroa last year. He lost, but it was like a fight of the year candidate. Uh, so I'm okay with him uh, being the next guy in line for the belt in case there is uh, w- maybe a weight mishap for a Figueroa again, because we saw what happened the first time. Uh, thoughts on him filling in?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it too much. You know, I mean, like he, he did, he did, he is coming off that win against Matt Schnell. It was very impressive, yeah. and, uh, and and I like the idea of uh, having the backups. And I think moving forward, every title fight. You know under the circumstances should have a backup. I don't understand why there's no backups for next week's title fights. There's none. So if one fall one fighter falls out, that fight is over unless someone flies in on you know 72 hour notice to take the title fight. And and that would be kind of interesting to see if that actually happens. But uh yeah I, I feel like they, they should you know I what Francis Ngano he's the backup right for C A yeah. DC. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so so it seems like they're putting that into place Moving forward, and and I like it, I love it, uh, but it kind of puts uh Brandon Moreno, you know, like he's kind of like out in the cold, right? It's, you know, he's been doing, he's been tearing it up recently too, and yeah. uh, I felt like he should have, you know, yeah. maybe been the backup.
0: The same thing, I thought the same thing, and then I looked at his record, and uh, Pantoja beat him twice, mm-hmm. he beat him on and he beat him on uh, in the UFC. So I'm assuming that's why they they are choosing Pantoja over him as potential backup. But we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully this doesn't come to that. Hopefully Figueroa actually makes weight this time. Um, I know last time there was rumors he was eating a lot of pizza, but uh, I don't don't know if that's true or not. But yeah, I mean, I love Figueroa, man. But you got to make weight, you know. And it was disappointing when he missed weight. We'll see what happens there. Okay, let's get some fight announcements here. Uh, Marcus earlier asked about Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall's been booked to fight Ricardo Lamas in August, August 29th, I think. Uh, This is actually rebooking, supposed to take place in Oklahoma City. I love the matchup. Uh, Ryan Hall is a guy that. Super dangerous. He has a hard time getting fights because his ranking is low, but he, everyone knows how dangerous he is. His ground game is lethal. We saw what he did to BJ Penn. And you look at his resume, it's pretty good. Four fights in the UFC. He beat Artem Lobov to win the show. Then he beat Gray Maynard in his first fight. And then he beats, uh, obviously, the last two fights he had the wins over um, – uh, oh my gosh, I just completely lost my train of thought here um, – Darren Elkins and BJ Penn. So, I mean, that's a pretty solid resume for four fights. And now he takes on uh, Ricardo Lamas. He's not ranked anymore, but he was a top fifteen guy for years. He's a dangerous guy. I feel like you got to favor Ryan Hall in this fight. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I I would favor Ryan Hall in this fight, but I'm not really too big on the the Ryan Hall train yet, just yet. Because if you really look at it, he beat uh, Art Artem Lobov. Of course, I know he's the GOAT and everything, but come on, let's be realistic. He's he's not really a not even a, like a top twenty five fighter um gray mater he's pretty much on his way out at that time bj penn way way out the door and then Derek elkins this that was a decent one i could i could admit that but i feel like this fight against uh uh, uh lamas this is going to be the one that proves that he belongs there in in the top 15 and yeah. if he does then you know if he finishes lamas then i feel yeah he should get somebody with a bigger name um because there's a lot of guys that want to fight uh ryan hall because ryan hall kind of has built this uh, like this mystique around him right a little bit and uh they want to take that mystique from him and and i want to see who, who he has next after this but llamas man you can't count him out you know we, we right. haven't been we haven't seen him in a while but we still can't count out he still has good uh striking and he could he could still knock out Ryan Hall.
0: 100 percent man I mean this is a dangerous guy he submitted Charles Oliveira <laughs> and Oliveira has like the best in <laughs> the game and Ricardo Lamas tapped him out. it was also got right. some early wins like Diego Sanchez, Cup Swanson Darren Elkins, too. So he's a solid fighter, man. I like the matchup. Next fight I want to talk about here, Nicholas Dalby. He was supposed to take on Danny Roberts. He's going to actually take on Jesse Watson now, who's got resigned to the UFC. And I was really happy to see this. You know, Jesse Watson's a guy I've seen fight many times in Ontario here. He's a local fighter. He's a guy that's uh, a little bit older now, age 34. But, you know, he's a guy that got screwed in his first UFC uh, run, John, because you look at who he fought. He fought Michelle Berzeros, Francisco Tornado, and Kevin Lee, and he lost three split decisions, and they cut him. And since then, he's won a couple titles in Canada and TKO. He is coming off two straight losses, so it's very rare for the UFC to sign a guy coming off a loss, let alone two straight losses. He lost to Nikolai Alakashin in his last fight, and Nathan who was a great fighter. But to me, those are not bad losses. Those are really good fighters in PFL. So I think UFC made a good decision here, but Nicholas Dalby is a really good fighter, too. What do you think about this matchup?
1: I feel like this matchup is a setup, you know, I mean, they're setting Nicholas Dalby up for a good, good performance, you know, I mean, once Danny Roberts got uh, that got taken off this card, you know, I mean, that's two times in a row. They're like, hey, we might as well fill it in with somebody to kind of build Nicholas Dalby. I feel like they they are kind of they're kind of high on Nicholas Dalby. He hasn't has he? No, he hasn't lost, right? He hasn't lost. He has one fight in the UFC against Kyle Oliveira. And that was a pretty good fight.
0: Uh, I mean, he had, he had a, a prior extent in the UFC, and he had a couple losses uh, the first time. But you got, you're right, since since his uh, comeback, he only lost the one time. Um, he's solid, man, for sure. I, I think Ronson, this is a tough fight for him, especially on short notice. But I'm just happy for this guy to get another shot. Because, again, you look at those three losses, that's a tough run, man. Next fight, Definitely. Marcin Tibera will be taking on Maxine Grishin. Uh, Grishin's filling in for this guy Romanov, I think his name is. I, I think Marcel actually broke this news uh Maxine Grishon I wonder if he's fought in Korea before he might have I know he's fought in M1 many times any thoughts on this matchup Marcin Tibera coming off a win in his last fight over back. what do you think on this fight
1: and it's, this is a this is a very confusing fight to me it's like man it, you know like you said Marcin Tibera he he was a guy that was ranked and then he's actually on his way back up and they put him against this Maxine is Maxime this is this his a uh, debut
0: it's his UFC debut. He's just coming over PFL. He uh, he actually was unbeaten in PFL. He had a couple draws, but this is a pretty good fighter, man. You look at his resume, he has some good wins. He actually has a win over Alexander Volkov by submission. So I think this is a good signing for the UFC. Um, he is 36 years old, so he's a little older, obviously, but uh, he does have a nice win streak here. He's actually undefeated over his last 10 fights. That's pretty solid, man. I mean, that's a good signing. And I'll be honest, like, these guys in PFL right now, have got to feel bad for them, man. They're not going to fight till next year so. I feel like the UFC is probably like, you know, or the PFL is like, we're going to release these guys and let them fight if they want in the UFC. Jesse Ronson, too. So another guy that um, has been released and he'll fight in the UFC. So happy about that for sure. A um, couple other matchups here. Ovin St. Peru against Shamil Gamzatov. Uh, Shamil, he had to fight with Abriu, I think his his name was, in, in Russia. And OSP, it's weird seeing him fight at heavyweight. Uh, what do you think about that, his heavyweight debut against Ben <laughs> It's so strange, right? Yeah,
1: it's, the, it's one of the strangest things that I've ever seen, and and it's not working out well for these light heavyweights moving up to to heavyweight, right? We saw what last week, last week, uh, what what was his name? Oh, um, okay. yeah, yeah, that was he looked like uh Roy Nelson, right? Just if Roy Nelson cut his hair, and uh kind of performed like him too.
0: Yeah, he didn't look very good. He looked like an MMA journalist or something like that. Didn't look like a professional fighter um just getting through some other fights paul craig versus gads of antique is announced uh jack shore versus DeSantos. santos that's not going to happen how about this one tyson nam against machina i like that fight dude tyson nam his last knockout wow that was amazing knockout i'm pretty excited about his next fight with machina what do you think about this matchup yeah that,
1: that was a that was one of the scariest knockouts i've ever seen for a flyweight fight do you oh, yeah. agree man it, 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 you haven't seen something like that
0: in a while Hundred percent dude. It's so rare for uh flyways to get knocked on with one punch. Uh, I think about Benavia's versus Demetrius Johnson another time, but it's super rare. Yeah, that was a good knock. I actually just re-watched that fight the other day. I'm like, holy smokes, that was nice. Um, how about this fight? Francisco Trinaldo against Jay Herbert. Herbert's a, a guy's highly touted prospect. Trinaldo's a, a veteran. Any thoughts on that matchup?
1: That's a that's a tough, tough debut in the UFC right there. <laughs> like nobody wants to fight francisco trinaldo man that guy he comes and bangs hard and 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 he wins fights man and and for a guy like jay jay herbert i think jay herbert if he could get past francisco trinaldo in his debut it's gonna say a lot about what he can do in that division
0: yeah this guy is pretty good 10 and one record 32 years old he's a cage warriors champ he's on a six fight win streak but and almost all those wins are by stoppage but i mean this is a big step up man trinal a solid fighter he is 41 though so he's he might be the oldest guy in this division right now lightweight, but uh, how is this guy 41? You look at his physique, man. It's impressive. It's like Mike Perry-esque. So this is a guy who's been around for a while. He's got some good wins. Paul Felder, Jim Miller, uh, Evan Dunn, and Bobby Green. Uh, got some good wins. So he's a solid, solid fighter. Tough debut. Um, what about this fight? Angela Hill against Michelle Watterson. Any thoughts on that one?
1: I love that fight. That's a, that's a great fight. Um, Michelle Watterson, she's coming off two straight losses the last one against carla esparza kind of controversial right there but uh you know she lost it's a, it's a loss on her record so she needs to come back and fight somebody that has uh some momentum which is angela hill she does have some momentum even though she's coming off a loss too but that's also a controversial loss so you got two contra- two girls coming off controversial losses fighting each other to kind of you know cement their feet in in that division a little bit and kind of and whoever wins this will most likely get a a decent name so it's it's a big fight for both of them
0: i agree you know what honestly i think angela have a really good chance to win this fight i, I like michelle Watterson a lot but she's definitely on the downside of her career she's 34 years old now uh but man she's great and by the way i saw her in brazil last year when i was at uh, ufc 237 she was the guest fighter there I'm like, this is a fighter. Like she looks like a supermodel dude. Seriously. Like she's, she's someone I think the UFC could market like as a a presenter host down the road as well. Um, she's great and a great fighter too. All right, John, I think that's it, man. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, man, that's a, that covers it, man. I'm just excited for next week, man. Like, um, ufc 251 on fight island it's like history in the making uh, did did you hear anything about like media actually going out there because i heard that fighters they're not even able to take like if you're not in the corner you're not able to fly into fight island you have to be part of the corner if you're in the corner you could be there have you heard anything about that
0: like a month ago i got an email from ufc saying if you're going to apply for the credentials they do it now oh yeah i
1: did get that too yeah, yeah i got that they
0: to me i mean i don't know why but uh I'm not going. Obviously, I'm not going to pay to fly to Abu Dhabi on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm not working for a company that wants to send me there at the moment. I'm assuming it's going to be guys like John Morgan and uh, Oscar Willis, like the same guys you see at all the events. The schmo, I guess, as well. Um, Brett Okamoto. Actually, I don't think Ariel's going. Um, It seems like Ariel's doing a lot of work from home now, which is fine. He's got a young family, but uh, yeah, I would say those guys are are probably going to be the ones going. John, Um, I don't even know if you really need media on site, though. You know, the thing about this sport is. You don't really need to be there to cover it, which is the crazy thing about the sport. You know, you can do a lot of it just from home. So obviously it's great to be there. I love being in fights, love covering fights. Um, I'd love to do it more often, Uh, but I don't know if it's essential, you know? So if they're trying to limit the amount of people going, maybe it's not the right time for them to go. What do you think?
1: Yeah. If you have a family that you need to go back to, I I feel like you should not go. You know, if you're single and you could return home and be in quarantine for two weeks or whatever you need to do to kind of uh, make sure everything's A-OK, then go and, and cover the sport and and have fun and, and make the contacts and everything. But, yeah, if you if you have a family, I don't think you should be going out there. You know, we just saw, you know,
0: somebody die from, you know, the coronavirus. Why would you
1: even risk that?
0: I know. I'm with you on that one. All right, man. And that's it for today's show. John, i really appreciate you coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. No, it's pretty late there in uh, – where do you live, Seoul, I guess?
1: Yeah, just right outside of Seoul.
0: All right, so it's what? Is it midnight?
1: <laughs> yeah, midnight. Usually, you know, I'm I'm up, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'll, I'll, from time to time, I'll be watching this show when you're doing it. And, Wait, you know, I know. I, I and it I'm him. like editing or something.
0: I was like, what time is it for him? But I love it, man. I appreciate you coming. I want to get you on for a while. So uh, plug yourself, man. You know, anything you want to say, go ahead.
1: Yeah, you know, follow me on social media right there on the bottom. JHKMMA, everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook um yeah go to my youtube page kubate tv or john hyunco either one you could type it in search it and and subscribe and uh yeah and and, then i got a bunch of interviews uh coming out this week and i got a bunch of interviews for 251 i got peter yan i have uh volkanovsky's coach i have uh peter yan's coach i have man i I forgot there's a few there's a few 251 guys i just forget who they are because i'm just focused on the next interviews but uh yeah just go check them out and uh let me know comment and uh and uh yeah just just uh follow along and and uh and i'm just doing my best man that's it
0: yeah just keep grinding man uh you guys can follow me on twitter at mm adam martin podcast available maaltbreaker.com on our youtube channel itunes spotify all those places you can get it at uh also check me out at bjpan.com and MMA rings on that. Guys, I hope you have a great weekend. I know it's July 4th tomorrow, so a big day for Americans. So to any m- my American viewers, I hope you guys have a great weekend. We just celebrated Canada here, John, a couple days ago. So Wednesday was a fun day yeah. for us. But, uh, yeah, I just hope everyone has a great weekend. And uh, I'll be back Tuesday morning, 10 a.m., with Cole Shelton to preview UFC 251 Fire Island. I can't wait to talk about that card. It's going to be great. And, uh, yeah, to everyone in the chat, Saeed, peace out, man. John, thanks for coming on, man. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you soon. Bye.